Well, LSU's biggest and lofty goals this season will go unrealized, but this team still has so much to play for. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, you can also check us out on YouTube as well. And hang out. Be part of the Locked On LSU community. Hit that subscribe button, and you'll get notified as soon as Locked On LSU episode drops. Today's edition of Locked On LSU is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. So look, Saturday night sucked. We all know that. Saturday night sucked. The Ole Miss loss sucked. The Florida State loss sucked. Losing sucks. It does. There's just no better way to put it. It sucks when your team has high expectations. It sucks when your team was a top five team going into this season. And now you're sitting at six and three with the best possible outcome of this season being nine and three. Now your quarterbacks hurt. You don't know if he's going to be able to go against Florida. Now, Brian Kelly did say that on Wednesday, we would get a little bit more clarity about Jaden Daniels and his um, his condition. Uh, and if he'll be able to condition sounds like a dramatic word um if he'll be able to go on saturday against florida or not we'll get more clarity uh with that on wednesday i hope he's gonna play um he is one tough son of a gun so if there's anyone that could turn around after being in concussion protocol after just a week he is one that could do it but of course we know that concussions are tricky concussions are tough they're not something that you want to rush uh, nor do does Jaden Daniels or the coaching staff or, you know, the medical staff want to rush him back in the field sooner than he's 100%. So we'll see on Wednesday if he's good to go against Florida or not. But look, losing in general just sucks. Losing when you could have had an opportunity to win, several opportunities to win, it sucks. And LSU had several opportunities to win the three losses on their schedule. You had opportunities against Florida State. You had opportunities against Ole Miss. You had opportunities against Alabama. If there were just a few more plays offensively, a few more plays defensively, just a couple more stops, a couple of more adjustments here and there, you could be undefeated. You could be undefeated in the SEC. You could be in the driver's seat for all of the big and lofty goals that this team had going into the season. Getting back to the SEC championship game, Jaden Daniels' Heisman campaign and being a college football playoff contender. That's what this team's goals were going into this season. And frankly, that's what this team's goal should be every single year. SEC championship games are great, but the ultimate goal for this program and for Brian Kelly, it's why Brian Kelly came to LSU, was to get this program not just back to the college football playoff, but being a repeat contender. A, a perennial contender for the college football playoff, not just a one-off. I mean, 2019 was amazing. We all know it was such a great and fun season. But we don't want 
LSU to be 2019 and then into 2020 when you have the greatest season in the history of college football. And then you turn around and go five and five and you give up 600 plus passing yards to Mississippi State. No, 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 no. You're building a program. You're not building a team. And programs don't go from 15 and 0 to 5 and 5. Programs are consistent contenders, not just for the division, not just for the conference, but for our college football playoff. And I think that this season maybe revealed that LSU was a little bit further away from that than we expected. And that's okay. I mean, that, that also sucks. But let's remind ourselves that it's year two. Let's remind ourselves that Brian Kelly took over a football team that had 38 scholarship players when he took over the job. Let's remind ourselves that Brian Kelly might be further away from building up this defense than we thought. Because Brian Kelly and Matt House and this entire defensive coaching staff, this entire recruiting staff, credit to everyone, had to pick up all of the pieces that they possibly could around the transfer portal and tried to make a makeshift defense. And in year one, it worked because you had a good defense in year one. In year two, it just wasn't good enough. Now, whether that's personnel and whether that's scheme, I think it's a little bit of both because you know, personnel on the defensive line and that locker room and that in the linebacker room is not necessarily your problem. But secondary personnel is your problem. When you're replacing you know, a Jarek Bernard Converse and a, and a Greg Brooks with players from group of five schools or maybe not as good of power five programs, that that's just not the expectation at LSU. Well, the expectation is DBU when you're picking up pieces from Marshall and from Southeastern Louisiana. No disrespect to Andre Sam and Zai Alexander because those two have been playing their absolute butts off. But there's a clear talent differential there between you and the rest of the SEC and between you and what you want to be, which is a championship team, which requires an, at least an average defense. And you are not quite there yet. And that's the frustrating thing. And that's the thing that sucks. And that's the thing that is probably the toughest to swallow, the most sobering moment, is that maybe you're further away than you thought. Maybe 2022 was a little bit of a mirage. Maybe 2022, you were ahead of schedule. And maybe, just maybe, our expectations rose a little bit too much, a little bit too quickly. Just given the, the, the deficiencies that this roster had going into year two. And maybe, just maybe, we should have listened to Brian Kelly when he told us that this roster isn't a championship roster yet. They were one year away. Now I'll hold him to that next season. I will hold him to that. And that's the difficult part about where you're at in the season right now is the three things that I just mentioned, the three biggest goals that this team had going into the season and the three goals that were still alive this time last week. SEC championship game, potential CFP bid, and a Heisman Trophy campaign for Jaden Daniels. All of those things feel a little bit, uh, I mean, SEC championship game and CFP definitely off the table. Now, Jaden Daniels Heisman campaign, just based off of the field, it looks like Jaden Daniels still should get an invitation to New York City. That, and that's assuming that he plays on Saturday. That's assuming that LSU wins out, which maybe isn't a fair assumption at this point. But if I'm just going to look at the glass half full, you know, it, those are all still in play. That could still be in play. But you're not going to Atlanta and you're not going to get a CFP bid. But just because those things aren't still in play 
doesn't mean that you don't have a whole heck of a lot to play for. That's what I want to get into coming up next. Even though you have three losses, even though getting to Atlanta is not on the table, even though a CFP bid is darn near impossible, if not already impossible, what you still have left to play for this season and why you still need to keep that hope alive, why you still should play for it. We'll get into that coming up next. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right, $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so super easy to use. That's one of my favorite things about the FanDuel Sportsbook app is that the user interface is so easy and clean and it's incredibly easy to find whatever bet that you want to place. Plus, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads and player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, that URL is FanDuel.com slash locked on and new customers will get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. And hey, Locked On is kicking up our college football coverage this season with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. So every Friday, Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every single day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday, every Friday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. Let's get back into it because your greatest goals this season are gone. Uh, Matt House and this defense essentially killed every hope that you had uh, this season of potentially getting back to Atlanta and maybe even getting a, a college football playoff bid. That's out the window. You have three losses. You're six and three. That's not going to happen. Even if you went out the rest of the season, those things aren't going to happen. Jaden Daniels Heisman hopes. We can hope that those are still alive as long as he is healthy enough to go on Saturday against Florida. Again, like I said, we'll get some more information regarding Jaden Daniels and his availability on Saturday. Um possibly tomorrow. So we'll keep everyone updated with that. But just because you don't have the SEC championship game or the college football playoff to play for doesn't mean that this season was all for nothing. It doesn't mean that you have nothing left to play for. And look, I understand that you're probably listening to this as an LSU fan, and this is the last thing that you want to hear because you're thinking, well, uh, I don't care. I don't care about getting to the Outback Bowl. I don't care about getting to the, you know, insert whatever weird and obscure sponsorship bowl is happening in Tampa or Orlando this season. Like, I don't care. I get it. I understand. Because it's tough whenever you go into this season ranked number five in the country. It's tough when you had a lot of national pundits picking you to win the SEC West and potentially the SEC. It sucks. It sucks. And preseason expectations mean something. But I think our expectations should have shifted a little bit whenever we really did see how bad this defense was. But you still have something to play for. 
In 2018, you went nine and three in the regular season. You ended up going to the Fiesta Bowl. You won that game. You had a 10-win season. That means something. That's not nothing. So if you win out the rest of the season, you go nine and three. Now, it might be a long shot this season, especially considering the field, especially considering that there might be one, if not multiple, one-loss teams that are left out of the college football playoff. I mean, look, you only got four teams. And right now, Ohio State and Michigan are both undefeated. Of course, that's going to change by the end of the season when they play each other. Florida State is undefeated. They could run the table. Oregon only has one loss, but if they went out, which it looks like oil, because Oregon is a freaking good football team, Oregon could face Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. So you're looking at a potential one-loss Oregon team beating a Washington team. Well, then you got two one-loss Pac-12 teams that look pretty darn good this season. One of them is going to be left out of the college football playoff. It's looking like more likely than not that Georgia and Alabama are going to face off in the SEC title game. Well, if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, then Alabama might get in over Georgia. So you would be looking at several one-loss teams on the outside looking in that would get New Year's six bids over a three-loss LSU team. So that's the annoying thing is not every single year is the same and not every single record is really a guarantee unless you're undefeated, then that's pretty darn a guarantee. Pretty darn close to a guarantee that you're going to get into the CFP. But nine and three one year might mean New Year's six. Nine and three another year might mean welcome back to the Citrus Bowl, you know? Like the old adage of, you know, can't spell citrus without UT. Clearly can't spell citrus without LSU. Um, so, yeah, look, I get it that that's probably more of a long shot than anything. But look, it's, it's still in play. If you went out, if you take care of your business, let everyone else beat up on each other. Let everyone else not take care of their business. And maybe you can squeak into New Year's Six. I know that a New Year's Six is not the CFP, but the New Year's Six is something. Okay? Like that means something to me. When you look back on, let's say, I was just doing this today, for example, comparing Jimbo Fisher and Lane Kiffin. And I referenced Lane Kiffin getting Ole Miss to the Sugar Bowl, getting Ole Miss to a New Year's Six as evidence to say, look, Lane Kiffin's done more with less in a fewer number of years than Jimbo Fisher has done at Texas A&M. I know that's not the expectation of this football program. I know the expectation is winning championships. But it is year two. And year two, I'll take a New Year's Six Bowl. Also, I think the other thing that you have to play for is just kind of your pride. Like, and that also is not nothing. That if you run the table the rest of the year and you win out, you beat Florida this weekend, you beat Georgia State, you beat Texas A&M, which I think those things are all feasible, not crazy. I think that's probably the expectation is that this team wins out. Going nine and three is a lot different than going eight and four or God forbid seven and five. Like you're talking about two very different perspectives, nine and three versus eight and four. I know the difference is one game, but you only play 12 of them. And one game carries a whole heck of a lot of weight in this league and in this sport. You end the season nine and three. I can live with that. You end the season eight and four. That's a disappointment. So you're playing for your pride a good bit. You are. And look, you go eight and four with the kind of offense that this team has had this season. That's a massive disappointment. Don't care how bad the defense is. Massive disappointment if you're not able to at least give yourself the opportunity to win double-digit games. Of course, you go nine and three, 
you win a bowl game, that's a 10 and three season. That's a 10 win season. That's back to back 10 win seasons. I'll take that. Again, not the expectation, but in two years under Brian Kelly, you have two 10 win seasons. I'll take it. Like Brian Kelly even spoke with the media um, earlier this week. He said, look, we don't want to be good. We don't want to be great. We want to be elite. But you're not just elite overnight. You have to take the necessary baby steps moving forward to get to being elite. And he referenced back-to-back 10-win seasons. Feels like those baby steps are being made to becoming elite. Look, I think Florida would love to be talking about back-to-back 10-win seasons under Billy Napier. But Florida might not even make a bowl game this year. I think Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M would love to be talking about back-to-back 10-win seasons. But now he's on the hot seat. And look, I know you want to be more like Georgia and Alabama than you want to be like Texas A&M and Florida. But the sense of entitlement that I feel like this fan base has had over the last couple of years under Brian Kelly just simply is not fair. To say that you're too good for a 9-3 and season, like let's not forget where this program was just a couple years ago. That you were five and five, and you were losing to teams that you had no business losing to in just in 2020. That you got beat by a not very good Missouri team in that 2020 season. And in 2021, you couldn't beat Kentucky. And Kentucky's nothing special. So we're not far removed from LSU being a 500 team and being last in the SEC West. We're not that far away. It might feel far away because a whole lot's happened uh, with this football program since then, but you're not that far away. So the sense of entitlement, it's unfair. And I understand preseason, everybody thought that your stuff didn't stink. But you know what? Nobody knew how bad this defense was going to be. Your expectations change. Your expectations shift. 9-3, not what I wanted, not what I expected. It's a whole heck of a lot better than 7-5 and 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 8-4. So to just throw up your hands and say this season is all for naught just because we're not going to be able to go to the college football playoff? Dude, take a look around. Read the room. I think when we saw that defense against Ole Miss, we knew that this probably was not going to be a CFP contending team. And I would have loved a college football playoff visit. But preseason, I even thought that that was a little lofty, that there was a lot more work that this team had to do. Look, I'll take a CFP, but I don't, I, if that was your expectation, I think your expectations were a little bit high. If that was your hope, totally fair. But you got pride to play for. And also, look, you still got recruiting to play for. Like, you still got a, a, a myriad of recruits that are going to be at Tiger Stadium this weekend. Do you think a recruit wants to come to a team that went, 10 and four and then seven and five. I wouldn't like, that's the reason why you've been able to pluck a bunch of recruits from other recruiting classes. That's why you've been able to, to get players that were committed to Mississippi state and Texas A&M is because they're looking at what's going on at Texas A&M and Mississippi state. They're saying, I don't want any part of that. I want the stability that the, the LSU program looks like it has. Nothing says unstable quite like letting the wheels fall off just because you lost to Alabama, a team that you weren't even favored against at night in Tuscaloosa. So all of this to say, if if you're saying that this season is over because you got nothing left to play for, that's a certain sense of entitlement that I don't really think is necessarily fair. 
Is it fair to be disappointed? For sure. But you can't just wallow in your own self-pity because you lost a couple of close games and your quarterback got hurt to Alabama. There's still pride, hope at a better bowl game, and recruits to play for. That's not fun. It's not as sexy as college football playoff. But you know what? It's not nothing. And it might sound depressing to hear this, but it could be a whole lot worse. It could be a whole lot worse. All right, we're going to take a quick football pivot coming up next. We have one LSU women's basketball thought to get into, and we will get into that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. That's where game time comes in. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all of your sporting events, concerts, comedy events, and theater events near you. They've got great last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So I actually used game time not too long ago. I'm going to the LSU Florida game this weekend. So excited about it. My friends and I were looking at third-party ticket websites, and we were getting you know, crazy ticket fees added on to it, crazy just prices in general for the tickets. I was like, I'm going to go to game time because I know that I'm going to get the best price guaranteed. And sure enough, I did. So check out game time. It is my new go-to for buying tickets for any sort of events. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and use code Locked On College L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for twenty dollars dollars off of your first purchase. Again, that is Locked On College. When you go to Game Time and create an account and redeem that code for twenty dollars off. Terms apply. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, thanks again for making Lockdown LSU your first listen every single day. So uh, I have one quick women's basketball thought because LSU women's basketball opened up the season on Monday night in Vegas, taking on 20th ranked Colorado Buffaloes and in uh, kind of a stunner. LSU falls to Colorado 92-78. to 78. Now it was a ball game at halftime and then you go into the fourth quarter, you're trailing by double digits. Not what any of us expected, especially coming off of a championship season, especially adding in the players through the transfer portal that LSU did bring in this offseason, most notably Haley Van Liff, one of the best players in the country transferring to LSU from Louisville. Uh, it was a, a, a massive surprise, I think, to all of us, to Kim Mulkey into that locker room as a whole, that LSU dropped that game. Now, look, I'm not going to overreact to one game. LSU was replacing three starters. Colorado, on the other hand, was a good team last year that brought back four of their starters. So I think you're looking at, you know, the, the poster child of consistency versus a team that found a lot of success that's now going through a little period of change. And of course, you still have Blaje and Angel Reese and the core foundational players of your championship season, but that's a lot to overcome. That's a lot of change for any team, especially opening up against a good Colorado team. And look, it's November. It was the first game of the season. This team has a lot to learn. This team has a lot of acclimating to do. This team, along with every other team in the country, 
has a lot of building that they're going to have to do before you get into conference play. But you know what? The good thing is you got a lot of time to do it. So I know that we all had super high expectations for this LSU women's basketball team, rightfully so. You just want a championship for crying out loud. The expectations should be high. And I think that LSU women's basketball, which felt like the one thing that we had was just salt in the wound after an Alabama loss. Look, I get it. I understand. But you give up 27 points to Frida Foreman. You turn the ball over. You were slow from the start. What do you expect? You're replacing three starters. What do you expect? And my hope is that this is kind of a wake-up call, kind of a little bit of a come-to-Jesus moment. I think Kimulki even said that it was a come-to-Jesus moment for this team. That sometimes when you're riding high, sometimes you got to get smacked in the mouth to remind yourself of the work that you got to put in. And that's not me saying that I don't think that this team put in the work because I think that they absolutely did. But sometimes you need those learning moments. And sometimes that comes in the form of a really tough lesson, like a, a brutal loss against a good team in a tough environment to start your season. Now, it's about how they respond to this. And look, I know uh, that LSU women's basketball has some personalities that maybe aren't the most palatable for everyone across the country. It, this team's easy to hate if you're not an LSU team. Look, I get it. It's, it's big personalities. And it was the you can't see me against Caitlin Clark. And it was Angel Reese being the villain of the women's college basketball world last season unrightfully so, but look, I get it. There's big and bold personalities and it starts with your head coach. This team on the outside, if you're not an LSU fan, is easy to say, we don't like them. They're the villains. I think they kind of like being the villains. I kind of like that they are the villains, but whenever you know your pedestal is so high, of course your fall is going to be that much harder. So I think all of the, not all, a majority of the women's college basketball world looks at that loss and says, hop, that's what you get. And you know what? I'm not going to say that. I think that's ridiculous because it's one game. And I'm going to say, look, you're probably just a little bit jealous is what I have to say about that. But the higher the pedestal, the harder the fall. There was probably a good bit of haters out there that were probably salivating at the opportunity to make fun of this team in some form or fashion. And it's really hard to make fun of a national champion team. It's easy to make fun of a team that just lost their first game of the season. But it's about how you respond. It's about how you get knocked down and brought back up again. I don't buy into the narrative of Angel Reese and Flage and this whole team as a whole is too caught up in their own business and their own stuff going on outside of basketball that they're not committed to this game. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that in the slightest. And saying that and jumping to that conclusion after one game, frankly, is just absolutely ridiculous. I have no reason to believe that this team isn't fully and 100% committed to repeating, to getting back to the top of the, of, the, of the women's basketball world. But you got some work to do. And Monday night was proof that, hey, we got some work to do. So get back in the lab, Get your work done and get back out there and win against a team that you should beat. Uh, Quinn Queens College of Charlotte, you know, coming back whenever you have the, the banners falling in the ring presentation, whenever they come back to the PMAC. So worry level on a scale of one to 10 is about a one and a half. I don't think you should be worried either. It's a long season. It sucks to lose. That's the theme of the day. Sucks to lose. It's about how you come back from it because you still got a whole lot to play for. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. Now we'll pivot to Florida 
We will do a Locked On crossover with Brandon Olson, the host of Locked On Gators, later on this week. But coming up tomorrow, we will do a Mailbag Wednesday. I've got a bunch of questions, but get those questions in. I'll continue to take them all week. You can comment them below on the YouTube page, or you can send them in on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one All of that coming up throughout the rest of the week right here on Locked On LSU.